0: Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. welcome to another episode of it's a long beach thing be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and like us on it's a long beach thing we have a group there and you can post it anything you love about long beach we have another great show for you today we have my dear friend on the podcast today lisa andrea andrea how are you today
1: I'm great. I'm great. It's a little cold outside for Long Beach, but uh, I'm doing okay. 38 degrees on my walk this morning. Are you kidding me?
0: Uh, Unbelievable. You can see my breath. It's definitely the wintertime in Long Beach. And, uh, you know, some people outside of Long Beach in Wyoming, and you say 38 degrees, and they'll say, give me a glass of water, right? But, you know, that's one of the fun things about being in, in Long Beach, that, that that 38 degrees is way on the low end that's generally not how it is in long beach because I, I I love this time of year because this is when people love to come to long beach right they they see they see see the rose parade or they see something they're like wow I'm gonna leave this snow and come to come to a place like long beach and 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 that's what makes it fun about living here right
1: right now this behind me is not long beach just so you know oh <laughs> it's- it's Bermuda, so it's a great picture that I love and feel like it just brings a great vibe, so that's oh, why I'm that in front of it. I thought that was the peninsula.
0: I thought that was a, like I know. Of the peninsula. It kind of looks like it could be.
1: <laughs> it does, a little bit.
0: <laughs> right, right on, right on. But let's dive in, shall we? Yes. All right. What's your association with this great city of Long Beach?
1: Well, I was married... For 10 years, and I lived in Seal Beach, really close. And when I got divorced in 2008, I thought, well, I don't want to go far. And I really liked Long Beach. I liked to visit, I liked the vibe, I liked Second Street. So I ended up moving to um, a rental right there in um, Belmont Heights. And I was there for eight years, and I loved it. I loved walking every day and walking down the Second Street couldn't afford to buy there. So when I ended up buying, I still love Long Beach. And so I ended up buying uh, closer to like Eldorado Park, and I bought a home. And that was like 2013. And I I love the diversity of Long Beach. I really love the, the music, the art, um, everything about it. It's a big city, but still kind of has all the little different neighborhoods. And each one has its own vibe and its own um, eclectic kind of mix with it. And even, you know, in my own little neighborhood near, near Eldorado Park, there's all kinds of people. And I love that. I love all kind of cultures. And uh, that, to me, diversity in Long Beach is, is really a big draw for me.
0: No question about it. Uh, I don't know if it's still this way, but for the longest time, it was one of the most equally diverse cities in the nation. So I, I didn't know that. I yeah, I <laughs> echo that, and that's why I think there's so much great food here because we uh, different cultures bring different food. But going back here, you said that uh, you started your your you you were in Seal Beach first, then went to Long Beach. But where did you
1: grow up? I grew up in Connecticut, so I'm an East Coast person. I always, since I was five years old, I dreamed about moving to Southern California. Now I don't know if it's uh, Partridge Family and Brady Bunch, but um, I did. I loved Southern California, and I knew that that's where I was supposed to live that that was meant for me. and you talk about manifesting at five years old, that is exactly what I did, and I ended up living here. and my parents moved here right after um I graduated high school. So it was my dad, my stepdad, and my mom, and they moved here, so i was I didn't have to come by myself, which was great. yeah, and that was nineteen eighty. So I've lived in California longer than I lived in Connecticut, but Connecticut is my original home where I grew up as a kid. Yeah. So I know all about snow and cold weather.
0: (laughs) So you were one of the people at five years old watching the Rose Parade going, that's where I want to live, huh?
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Everything about California, the weather, the fact that there were movie stars here, you know, and all that kind of stuff, the beach, the surfers, yeah. Everything about it. You could drive year round with your, um, the, you know, the uh, your roof down, you know, in a convertible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All of that.
0: <laughs> so when you were five years old, did you have any aspirations of any careers here in Southern California?
1: So as I was in high school and stuff, I I for a while wanted to be an actress. I even explored it when I first moved here, and I was um, went to college and did some acting stuff. But I really wanted to be, okay, God rest her soul. I wanted to be um, Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. I wanted to interview interesting people. I really loved learning about people, and I wanted to be a broadcaster and interview people. that was that was my. In high school, especially, was when I, I nurtured that. I had a, I was in a TV class and got an award and all that kind of stuff. So, other than writing, which I enjoyed writing, I loved English class. Um, I like to speak in front of a camera and interview people and learn about people.
0: <laughs> That's great, Barbara Walters. Uh, one of the things that made her so great is how prepared she was. She mm-hmm. knew things about the the guest that maybe only one or two other people knew. And a lot of times, wow, when she yeah. would do these interviews, the guests would be like, "How do you know that?" So I I, I think that's pretty powerful. And she was big on getting the uh, the um, the celebrity or whatever she was interviewing crying. But I, I, that's yeah. not what I really want for, for you today. Now, yes. if it happens, it happens. You know, let emotion let emotion go. Yeah. But that, yeah. that is not my intent with with, with interviewing today, Lisa. <laughs>
1: Well, vulnerability, right, is what goes along with, with really feeling something. And and I think that's what she was looking for, was really getting down to the core of what the person is. And sometimes it makes you cry. It's um, it's taken a long time for me to learn that vulnerability is, is actually powerful and it, it builds a lot of trust with people. So I think that's what she was going for.
0: Absolutely. And I totally agree with that. Vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. So mm-hmm. let's continue on with your journey a little bit, because I'm very interested in this. So you were looking into getting into broadcasting, which which is a, a awesome profession, uh, but you you did some turns. So what what happened after
1: college? So all through my childhood and into high school, I was one of those nerdy girls with thick glasses and kind of brainiac kind of thing, and I got picked on and you know, all that stuff that goes along with that, or I was completely ignored. I I said, I I actually mastered the art of invisibility when I was in high school. Um, So we moved from, I actually moved from Connecticut to New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico. We did a stop for a year there, my, my family, after a junior year of high school. So just imagine that I had grown up with all these people, even though I was picked on and I was nerdy, I still had some friends. And then after my junior year of high school, I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico and went to school there for my senior year. And I came out of my shell a little bit and that's where I did the broadcasting and stuff. But after that was when we moved to California and then I was supposed to go to um, the university, um, uh, university of New Mexico. I was supposed to go there and get um, go on with my journalism degree. But in my mind, and it took me many years to figure this out, In my mind, going back to school meant going back to being a nerd. Because when I came to California, I got contacts, I had dates, I had like more than one date every weekend. I was, you know, I was this, oh, this was so cool. I was a completely different person, could reinvent myself. And I did equate going back to college with being a nerd again. And so I didn't go. Instead, I ended up getting a job at the phone company because my mom said, so at 18, a month before I turned 19, I started working for Pacific Bell. And I stayed in that comp with that company for 33 years. And moved on. And so I was in the telecom industry before I retired last December 2022. 41 years. Long career.
0: Yeah. Well, tell tell me a little bit about that. I mean, that was a that's a big chunk of your life. I'm um Obviously, you probably started from the, the bottom,
1: but mm-hmm.
0: tell, tell me a little bit about your journey through that.
1: So I started um, as a service rep, which I didn't even know what they were when I got the job. I, all I thought of was they were operators. I didn't know anything else. And these people that handled your bill and all that stuff. So I'm going to give you a little bit about my age, because when I started, there were no computers. Everything was on paper. So everybody that did every job that related to putting in your phone service was all on one floor in a building, and we all talked to each other, and we handed pieces of paper to each other, quite a bit different than it's handled today, very different. And I lived through the breakup of the Bell system and then it getting back together again. I lived through um, handling wireless carriers and building the wireless network because Sprint was my customer, and I helped them build their network. And when I got into management, because I ended up, getting into first level and then second level management, all in sales capacity. So being a sales professional in the telecom industry really honed my skills in communication and relationship building throughout all those years. And when you're in sales, you really, um, it teaches you how to listen to customers and understand what their pain points are so that you can recommend, right, the best solutions. And to me, that was really good practice for what I'm doing right now.
0: Fantastic. So in, in those situations, uh, how many people at your highest level, how many people were underneath you?
1: I had nobody. It's called a sing. It's called a um, I forgot what they called it, but I did not have anybody working for me. Mm-hmm. So I was a account manager. So I had uh, either a part of a very large account, which is a lot. What I worked on was really big accounts and throughout the country we would have certain people that we had, my area for when I was helping Sprint build their first and their second network, I think they're on their third one now, um, was all of California and the Reno, Nevada area. So it was, I was handling millions and millions of dollars of uh, revenue and it was it was quite something. So when if you make a mistake and you lose anything of that, you lose millions and millions of dollars. So there's a lot of contract negotiation. And again, what I'm saying is, really about relationships because even at that level with huge companies that I dealt with, it's people buying from people. You have to build trust. You have to listen to what their issues are. You have to give them the benefits, right, of where their pain points are and how things are going to make their life better or make them look good, right? Because I'm dealing with a lot of, I, I was dealing with a lot of IT people. And so I want to make them look good to their bosses, which in turn will make them be you know, an advocate for me to, to buy from. No matter what company you work for, it, it's, it is. It's It's literally all about relationships.
0: I agree with that. And one of the the uh, strongest skills, and you, you mentioned it a couple times, is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in my opinion, is a skill that uh, we all need to work on, right? We all yeah. need to, to get better in that. Even if you are an excellent listener, you can always get better at it. Do you have any uh, maybe tips that you could share uh, with our viewers on how to become a better listener?
1: Well, I think it's not talking as much and really taking the time to ask open-ended questions. So you're not gonna ask yes or no, you really want to get them, the person to talk. And then a lot of it too can be about body language. And if they're looking you in the eye when they're talking to you, because if they're not, could be that they're not really being completely truthful. Um, If they give you more of a high level picture, you want them as we call it kind of chunk down, you want to get into more details, you really want them to share what it is that makes them uncomfortable or is, or is a pain point for them, like in coaching, if they're just like, I don't like my job. Well, okay. And what is it about your job that you don't like? Is there what you know, you're constantly asking open ended questions. And so listening to each answer, to get to where you really want the true truth, right? The person's real truth about what the issue is, is about listening to what they're saying, and then asking more questions, getting more, and sometimes asking the same question more than once, if you need to, could be that too.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I would add to that is be curious, be curious by the other, other person. I mean, the other uh, people are are perceptive people. So like, if you're just asking questions, just to ask questions, the other person can pick up on that. But if you're asking questions with sincerity, that mm-hmm. makes the other person feel so good about themselves because one of the, the greatest subjects that people want to talk about is themselves. And if yeah. somebody uh, is actively listening to what they have to say, I mean, it really just lights, uh, lights the other person up. So be curious, be genuinely curious about the other person, and and that's where I feel the magic will happen. And 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 especially all the other things that you were saying.
1: So and it's right. interesting that you say that too, because being curious, I, I, that's kind of one of my traits. So I, I guess it's not unusual that I would want to to be able to listen and find out more about people and what makes them tick and what their problems are. Yeah, because it's I think it's fun to learn about people, learn about what they do.
0: It absolutely is. It it, it truly is. I, I, I'm with you. I'm a, a big people person and I love to talk to different people and, and stuff. So I'm with you on that. So you had a 41 year career in the telecom world. Okay. And now you're a transformation coach. Now tell me how is that a bridge to
1: what you're doing <laughs> now? Please tell me. So in, um, I don't know what year it was, but uh, no, it's 2018, October of 2018. I had gone through a couple jobs. I had already retired from Pac Bell and I spent three years with one company and left for my own reasons and then went, was recruited for another company and then left for my own reasons and then spent four months at a company. I won't say what it is. And I literally ran crying. I I was just, I was stressed out. I was tired because there is a lot of quota, you know, with salespeople, you have a heavy duty quota every month. It was just a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. And so I took six months off and took a sabbatical. And what I decided to do was look for another type of industry or another type of job and kind of, and basically reinvent myself. And in the past, when my mom was um, going through her cancer journey, unfortunately that she didn't live through, but she... I, I had a blog. This was again years ago before anybody had that kind of stuff, but I was I basically shared information about my mom's journey so that all of her relatives and friends across the country could could read it and know what was going on with her. And it I was told that it helped other people. Just what I was writing and what I was doing was helping other people. So I thought, oh, well, then I'll write or do something about my journey reinvention and I'll help other people. And as I learned more about it and kind of explored it, I found out there's coaches. I did not know what a life coach was at that time. And so I found out about coaching and I decided, okay, I want to help people. This is what I believe my calling is and what I should do. My mom helped her friends. I'm just taking it to another level because I really, like to um my mom was a great lady and a great mother and I really wanted to amplify, um you call it, I really wanted to be like her so I got myself certified as a life coach and I started on my way in the beginning of 2019 I had to go back to work in April by then I had done all kinds of things website and clients and I even had a couple clients as I was working for at least the first year And then it got a bit crazy and busy. Um, I did downgrade myself. I went back to the telecom industry, but I downgraded myself so that I could have less stress. And I found that that was a super good fit for me. I was in more of a support role. I felt more relaxed. And because of all the skills that I have in um, relationship building and uh, very organizational skills and uh, everything, it just seemed to work really well. So I did that until... December of 2022, when I could retire financially. And then I said, Okay, I'm going to go back and reboot my coaching work and take it into another direction and and really amplify it up. And so I rebooted it in the beginning of 2023. And unfortunately, I had a little bit of a health issue. So it was put on hold for about six months for that. So that's how I ended up as a coach.
0: Yeah, I wish
1: I knew. I wish there were life coaches, and maybe there were, but I didn't know about them when I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. I would have, could have, and possibly could have made different life change. You know, different life choices. I feel like um, life coaches are absolutely invaluable, and I, I really wish I had them when I was younger.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you do you work with a life coach for yourself
1: now? Then, I have had several life coaches for several different things in my life. Um, yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I think there's when there's periods where I don't have a life coach. I think that's that's periods when I sometimes where I may get a little lost or stuck. Um, I have friends like you that are life coaches. So I've I've really grown. And, and And I feel like when you find your calling and your purpose, and you present it to the kind of outwardly and start doing it to the world, that the universe brings you really inspirational people into your life. And it just it just starts coming to you as um, as I've read um, Joseph Campbell say that the universe, when you find your bliss, the universe brings you uh, opportunities that and doors will open that you didn't even know were there for you. So I really, I truly believe that. And I've seen that happen. So that's something that I tell my own clients that when you change your mindset, when you find what your calling is, life just changes. It just changes.
0: Yeah, glad that you said that that uh that you've had life coaches before because i think that that's that's extremely important that um if we believe in the coaching why wouldn't we have a coach for ourselves like for me i i actually have a a business coach for for the financial side of things and i also have a, a life coach for my my personal side and i think that that is invaluable that we have both and I and what I think is another great thing about this is I think you were talking about um, you wish you there was life coaches in your thirties and I'm sure there was there definitely was therapists in your in your thirties yeah yeah um, I knew about them the thing the thing of the matter was there there and you can talk more to it because it was your life but there's a stigma to that at that time I think we're kind of breaking that stigma a little bit more I think there still is one I still think we have work to do on that but. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Maybe could that have been part of the reason why you didn't reach out for help in, in your 30s is because of that stigma or?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we when I grew up and I'm a little bit older, um, nobody talked about your feelings. Nobody talked about negative things. I mean, when I was the nerd, my mom felt sorry for me, you know, when I'd call her from a phone booth. Crying because I had to leave a dance because I it, you know I I was ignored or I didn't wasn't having a good time. She would feel bad and she would try and comfort me, but she never thought about getting a therapist. I never even heard that talk until really till I came to California and um, I even was I think it was the first time I had a therapist was well, I'm trying to think was really when I was having relationship issues in my marriage. And I think that's when I started seeing a therapist. And, you know, we saw one together, we saw one separately. That's when it all came to be. But yeah, back in the day, you didn't nobody wanted to be thought of being crazy. That that was the it was the connotation of you were crazy if you went to see a psychiatrist or a therapist. I don't even know if the word therapist was even used at that time. I think psychiatrist, even though we know now the difference between the two, I, I don't, I don't believe. I think the word psychiatrist is the only thing. And all of that was like crazy places where crazy people go and that's who helps them. And it was a very different world. Very different.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier in our conversation about vulnerability being more of a strength and a weakness. And I think that through your journey, you've learned that, right? That's why you reached out for help. That's why you have the light coaches. That's why you got the therapy. And as a result of this, you are now a transformational coach and that probably would not have happened if you didn't get that help. What, am I, am I missing you there or with that? Is that true? Yeah.
1: And, and not to say that a transformation life coach or any life coach is a, have, leads a perfect life. We have our own bad days and times and things like that, but we we're learning ways and techniques and, and, think think in a different way to be able to overcome those obstacles when they happen and those struggles. And that's what a life coach does to help other people. So when I help other people, it actually helps me. It really does. Each time I help someone and I see the transformation and that's why I went, sorry, I have something in my eye. I went from, um, I call myself a transformation life coach because I just don't just help people reach their goals. I help them actually transform themselves and in, the, in their lives to, to really a life that they love somewhere, a, a life where they feel more confident and courageous to be able to take steps to be able to do something that they love.
0: <laughs> well, take me through that. Take me through those stages. Uh, and you 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 work, I know you have the Ladies Who Leap. At who I, who I'm a member of even though I'm a woman ladies who Leap
1: club yep it's a ladies who leap club group in uh Facebook yeah okay. and leap.com is my website where you can set up a, well, I'll, a free I'll, call we'll,
0: I'll love you I'll have at the end I'll give you a space where you can tell us everywhere you can you can uh, reach you but um reason why I brought that up is is your clientele I, I'm assuming is more Women-based than men. I not not to say yeah. that you haven't helped men. I'm I'm sure you have had a men clients, but you focus more on women. So tell me yeah. the the kind of the woman that would be kind of your ideal client.
1: So women over 25. I mean, I want them to have gone to college and at least started in the workforce and kind of started to to live as an adult, right? Um, so over 25 any age, uh, up to any age, because you can change your life at any age, as we know. And um, a woman who's kind of stuck or doesn't know what their purpose is, is in a place where they're kind of at a crossroads. It could be that they are newly divorced. And let's say now they have to work for the first time or find something that they love and want to do and fill their time. And they really don't know who they are. I mean, when I was married after 11 years of being with the person I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was, and I had to rediscover who I was again. I can help women with doing that because there's a a really good, um, that's really important to be able to be ourselves and live in our truth. And a lot of times, relationships, jobs uh, that you're in for many, many years, there's a lot of things that can get you stuck and get you out of who you are, truly who you are to the world. And I help them find back again who they are and feel confident. About taking steps in the direction for themselves and speaking their truth, and actually being um, confident even in their job with their bosses, with um, how they communicate, having that assertiveness, and that you know being inspired um, to say what they feel and getting the credit. There's a, there's a lot of ways um, that I can help someone, and it's really catered to their personal needs. Yeah.
0: You said yourself that you were you were stuck. What did you do? Uh, to get unstuck and to to live the life that you truly want to live because you are living the life you truly want to live, but it didn't it didn't start overnight. What did you do? What what was the process that you did to get to where
1: you are now? So first of all, I got out of the job. I actually, again, not recommended for everybody. I had the benefit of a lot of things where I could still have in uh, medical insurance. I had some money in a four hundred one k that I could tap into, but I changed my environment, my job. And then I sat down and thought about what I truly wanted to do in life. And I have kind of a, an acronym for DREAM that's steps that you can take to figure out what your purpose is in life. Um, and I'm putting that on my website very soon. It'll be a slash DREAM, ladies who leave slash DREAM. Um, and so this is things like to journal. To remember what you did as a child. What was the the things that really got you excited? What are things that you do where you lose track of time? These are ways of finding, trying to figure out what your purpose is. What do you enjoy doing that you have so much joy when you do it and you don't even have to think about time, right? That's passing. Um, And then for me, it was helping people. I always was the one that everybody called. All my friends, they would call me and I'd be the one who listened and didn't necessarily always want to help them solve the problem immediately, but allowed them to go through talking about it and then feeling more confident about it and um, letting them go through the process of figuring out how they could help themselves. So I thought, well, my mom did that she taught me how to do that. I do it a lot. I can turn this into being a coach. So that's that feeling of of finding my purpose and and figuring it out by, writing, by journaling, by looking at my past, by going through all those steps. I even wrote articles, kind of drawing it all out of me is what led me to be in a different place. And which was a positive mindset, which made me realize that coaching was the right thing for me.
0: Fantastic. And what did you feel, what do you do when, because when you're coaching mm-hmm. somebody, whether you're having a positive conversation or, or a negative conversation or whatever, it definitely is aware on, on on the person. At least it is on me uh, when yeah. I, when I'm talking with people, and I enjoy it a lot. But it takes a lot of energy out of me, in the sense mm-hmm. that, that we talked about earlier about being that active listener. Um, you want to be present in the situation, and when you when you're concentrating on being present, that takes a lot of energy out of you. So yeah. in those situations, w- what do you do to help your, yourself? Because you you mentioned it before, and I and I echo it is. As, as as somebody who coaches, I do de- definitely different coaching than you. But somebody who coaches, um, I'm not perfect, and I fall <laughs> off the wagon. I do things that that are aren't aren't that great for me, and, and obviously I'm aware of these things. And I, you know, I have I have my own things to get me back on track. But what helps you get back on track when you're just not feeling it?
1: First of all, I go and I take a walk. I do some kind of exercise. Because when you're exercising, there's nothing else you're thinking about. So it clears your head. I love taking walks with my dog around the neighborhood and I won't put anything in my ears. If I'm really that stressed, I will just listen to nature. I will listen to the sounds. I'll get my mind out of it. I also journal every day. And I start out with what I'm grateful for because when you really think about what you're grateful for, even very small things, it kind of takes you again out of that negative feeling and you, you, you go back into thinking, Oh my God, I am so lucky. I have such a great life. There's so much that I can be thankful for. So again, pulls me out of any slump or any negativity that I'm in. Um, it It is, it's really important. And I think the third thing I do is I spend time with friends and especially friends that you can really talk closely with. And, um, and then I, friends also meaning coaches. I'll look for help from a coach or a therapist if it's really that bad. Um, But exercise and journaling and what you're thinking of what you're grateful for, Um, spending time with my dog and watching funny movies. I do love TV and movies. So um, pulling out one of my favorite funny movies that has, you know, even like a love story um, is something I'll do to get myself out of the slump. Yeah. And just remembering that everything, every failure, every period is for a reason. It's to teach you a lesson. And there's always a blessing in disguise. There's a reason why you went through this and it could be to help somebody else. But I really I always remember that there's always a blessing in disguise for it.
0: Yes, but be careful when you say that to somebody when they're having a bad day. Oh, you're going to learn something from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to hear from you to say something like that. <laughs> but it's true, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, everything. Everything. I, I feel the same way as you. There. there, there, there's a there's a reason for everything, and and we we learn from everything. And I I'm a firm believer that uh, there's no such thing as failure. So it's just learning. We're we're, we're learning, and we're, uh, we're just trying to. Be better than we were the day before, but realize yeah. that uh, I don't know about your life, Lisa, but my life is a roller coaster. It's up and down. I'm not. I, oh, yeah. I, I wish it was just all just up all the way, but you know what? If it was up all the way, I wouldn't enjoy the good as much as I do because of of the bad. I mean, I've had yeah. several things that that gone wrong in my business, in my personal life. I'm like, oh man, this is hard, and um, you know that, yeah. and that's why you have therapists and and, and and business coaches and regular coaches and whatever um you know maybe i'm overdoing it with a bit with, with everything but it, it helps me so that's why i have that in place um one of the things uh i want to talk to you about is uh being uncomfortable talk to me about yeah. how that's helps you through your journey through getting out of marriages throughout getting out of uh, your jobs pushing through that uncomfortable
1: feeling yeah, and and for me, uh, fear to even take steps in any direction was a huge issue for me for most of my life. There were opportunities that I just didn't do because I was fearful—fear of failure, fear even fear of success—and those are things that made me feel really uncomfortable. So, but there's also another side that, um, and I, that's why I call it ladies who leap. That when you leap out of that comfort zone that's actually like it's, they say, it's where the magic happens. So I have, I I always could sing and I knew this, but I would sing in my little room. And then when I turned 40, I got to know some guys in a band. I, I always had known musicians, but I was never, I was too scared and uncomfortable with singing because you're very vulnerable. Talk about being vulnerable, right? On a stage singing. And when I turned 40, for some reason, a, a neighbor was in a band and I, Enjoyed going, and I would just hit a tambourine, and I was keeping good time and I was keeping their drummer in time because you would kind of (laughs) wander when you would see a good looking girl when they would play. So they said, Oh, come in and you could do percussion. So I really, of course, I got into it and everything. And then about a year later, um, some friends said, Hey, try and learn some backup vocals. And they told me what to do, and they nurtured me, and they had me sing backup with them. And within another year, I was singing lead. So it is just Taking the first step when you feel uncomfortable, but you know, this is something you really want to do and you probably are good at it. Take the first step because then it just leads to the next step and the next step. And then a year later, I'm singing in front of people and you can't shut me up now. (laughs) So I've been in various bands and that's something else that I do in my time. And it's so enjoyable and I can't even imagine not doing it anymore. But boy, was that uncomfortable to start. And I waited way too long in my life. If I had started sooner, I don't know, you know, who knows what would have happened. But um, yeah, you just got to take that first step. That's how I've done it. I actually have friends saying that I'm courageous. I didn't think I was, but I guess I'm I'm courageous enough to take the first step. I guess that's part of what you have to do.
0: Well, a, a, a couple things I need to unpack there. That's why I love doing these podcasts because Lisa, we've known each other for a while. I knew you sang, but I did not know you were in a band. I, I did not know that story about you. Yeah,
1: several. Yeah. And
0: Lee and and Lee and Lee Singer. Wow. Do you still, do you still do this? Or would I be able to come see you play? Or I mean-
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been busy and things have been happening and then COVID kind of put a little damper on all that singing and stuff. And then I was working a lot. So um, I'm going to be joining a couple bands as a backup singer, right? At this point right now. Um, and that should be starting over the next several months. And so I'll, I'll let you know when I'm doing and they're tribute bands. So they should, you know, uh, one of them is uh, a Boston tribute. It, it's someone that I've worked with in a band that we were going to get going with two lead singers. It was a guy and myself. We we would share it, um, but didn't quite happen. Um, everybody either busy or just didn't quite happen. So now um, he's using me in other bands, and he's a lot. He's an actual vocal coach, which is great because he can give me vocal lessons for free, and um, and I enjoy it. And yeah, I always had a dream too to have a all women like my age, women, um, band, uh, I don't know if I'll ever make it happen. But as soon as I get some downtime and, and have some fun, it would be it would be great to do it. It's a lot of work being in a band, a lot of work. And um, I don't necessarily want to be doing the, you know, come on at eight and end at midnight. And <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work,
0: <laughs> Yeah, but, but it but is it- fun. It's fun, right? I mean, you're, yeah, doing it it's fun. a lot of fun. I don't know if you're trying to become the Rolling Stones or anything like that. Maybe <laughs> you are, I don't know, but it no, sounds it's like just for more fun. A fun project than, than, than yeah. anything else. And I think that, I yeah. think that's, that's tremendous. And I think, I hope you continue that journey because I can yeah. see how it lights you up when you talk about saying, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have, I am not saying I, in a band like you, but I've done karaoke many a times. Um, and I, and I, I, echo that, you know, when you're getting in front of people, I mean, I wasn't doing it the way you were doing it, but there was at least 30 or 40 people in front of me that I'm singing in front of. Um, so that's kind of nerve wracking, but you know what, when you, the music starts and you start singing, nobody really cares. They just want, you, want to have want you to have fun. And I think that's the same thing about with you doing the band is having fun with it and enjoying the journey of it. So what's next for Lisa, a coach.
1: So Lisa, uh, is, I am Ladies Who Leap and I am just starting up a Ladies Who Leap club, which is a group on Facebook. I am going to reboot, restart my own podcast with interviewing women that really had the courage to leap out of their comfort zone and make a life, a new life for themselves. And they've been successful at it. So I'll talk to them about that. And then I, my plan is to have once a month uh, calls because it'll be a community of women who will inspire and support each other. I'll share my own tips and insight. I would like to have the person I interviewed that month, come on for 30 minutes. So everybody could ask them direct questions because they were able to make a courageous change in their life. Wouldn't it be great to be able to ask them how they did it? And then also the women will be able to share what they're struggling with, and we can all support each other and, and give tips and, um, it's going to be a safe zone where people can share information and really kind of have it be like a nice once a month boot, reboot and reinvent and um, kind of give you give yourself a boost to be able to feel confident and go into whatever's happening in your life that, that at that time. And uh, still getting and working with one-on-one with my clients. And I love writing articles. I'll be putting some articles out on LinkedIn and Medium. And trying to help people, um, especially when they're making decisions. Do I retire? Do I change my job? What do I do? Do I stay or do I go? That's one of my articles I wrote. So a lot going on. And I'm just trying to take, again, you can get Everybody can be overwhelmed. I'm trying to take everything one step at a time so that I can be the most uh, successful and actually the most effective for for people. I want to, I want to reach as many people as I can and help them.
0: Sounds like you're going to be busy for a long time, Lisa.
1: Yeah. So if people say, oh, you retired. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Now I'm able to spend the time doing what I want to do. And that's the important thing is living your life for yourself and what you want to do and what you want to do to help the world.
0: So if there's ladies who are leaping, uh, listening to this podcast right now, how could they get in touch with you?
1: So you would go to ladies who leap club on Facebook Um, And you can also go to ladieswholeap.com to set up a free call. Um, I'm getting also into um, all different kinds of techniques to help my clients. And I'd love to be able to talk to people about it. I've got some great ways for you to become aware of your inner being called the being profile and um, changing your mindset. And I'm learning new tools in my toolkit so that I can help my customers too, my clients.
0: Fabulous. The Ladies Who Leap Club, is that a Facebook group? Yes, it is. Okay. Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. so check that on the Facebook group there. Awesome. Lisa, this has been so much fun. It's fun doing this this way because, like I said, I learned things about you that I didn't know. <laughs> I, I learned a lot about you, a lot of the things that you were saying I did know about, but I didn't know about the singing. So this is kind of cool <laughs> that we were able to get on a podcast where I can he- listen to different things that I didn't know about you.
1: Yeah, and I really appreciate you, Paul, asking me to come on. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, For anybody who's watching, being on a podcast and talking about yourself, not always the most comfortable thing. Let's talk about it and be honest. It can be uncomfortable. So I really appreciate how warm and inviting um, you are, Paul, and you really do a great job. You're a great listener, just like you said. You're really good at what you do.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. But before we go, let's end it on a fun note, shall we? Since this is a Long Beach thing, where are the good eats in Long Beach?
1: Mm. So I really like Nick's on second. I mean, to be honest, that particular location has had some of the best restaurants. And to me, if I'm going to pay a decent amount for drinks and dinner or lunch, I'm going to go someplace that has really good food and really good service. And Nick's on second to me is like the best. Um, and I I just that's the place that I like to go the most. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good ambiance, especially because you can sit mm-hmm. and you kind of people, people watch on, on second street <laughs> there. Um, yeah. And if it's cold, I believe they put the uh, little uh, plastic windshields up so that uh, you can enjoy your meal and be warm. And then on a nice summer's night, I believe that's off. So you can feel mm-hmm. that uh, summer breeze. What What's the song? Summer
1: breeze makes me feel fun. <laughs> oh, and there's a new restaurant that just opened up in Naples that I just went to. And I, I, it, um, um, Maddalena's, I think, or something like that. Oh, I feel bad that I don't remember the name, but it's right around the corner from, um, Naples Rib Company. And, uh, it's right about, and it's all open also, very open with heaters and stuff. And they have fabulous drinks and fabulous food. It's just opened over the last couple months. Now, is that really t- good?
0: Naples Rib Company, is it going towards the water? Or, or going, um going, yes or... so
1: when you go around yeah go going into where the homes are mm-hmm. right around that corner you'll see right on the corner there's an open you'll see seating and open areas with um yeah heating lamps oh my goodness really really good food really I, good have food. To try really that really i good. have
0: not tried it there used to be an italian restaurant uh, many years ago that was there uh, and i yeah. thought it was pretty good as well but uh but they went out of business i don't know how long ago but that's great that there's a new new spot there. Um, I'll have to try it uh, on your record. Yeah, and ask
1: them, the, the the person who's the manager will tell you stories about what the wallpaper is in the bathrooms. And so you have to ask, it's got some history about what how they named it, who was named after. It's, it's pretty cool, yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, Lisa, thank you again for coming on. Uh, it's a Long Beach mm-hmm. thing. Like I said, it's been great getting to know you even more than I already know you. So thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Paul.
0: Um, it's been a long beach thing.